0: Hi there, I'm Tony Potts, host of the Real Estate Masters Virtual Summit. Have you always wanted to own and invest in real estate but didn't know where to start? Are you struggling to close your first deal? Or maybe you are a seasoned real estate agent trying to break the $100 million ceiling? Which stage of your real estate career are you in? Our experts will be the guide for you to master your journey and build off their success. 42 of the world's very best titans of real estate to guide you to prosperity. Now, whether you're a realtor, passive investor, multifamily syndicator, work with distressed properties, luxury property, commercial real estate, legal, financing, and more, If you're involved in real estate, we have exactly what you need to take your game to new heights. Hi, everybody, it's Damian Cole once again with the Real Estate Masters Summit podcast. Today we have Danny Johnson. Uh, He has a great story of how he got into the real estate business and he's a writer. Uh, He wrote Flipping Houses Exposed. Really good book about his life in the house flipping game. Uh, he has his podcast, Flipping Junkie blog and podcast. And he founded Lead Propeller, a real estate investor website and Forefront CRM. It's a great podcast. Watch it all the way through. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. It's Damien Cole, the host of the Real Estate Master Summit podcast. Uh, I have Danny Johnson on, um, host of the Flipping Junkie podcast, where he has 200 episodes, um, With You guys got to check out his website. It's done really well. And uh, the creator of Forefront CRM. Why don't you tell us a little bit about... Uh, oh, hi, Danny. Uh,
1: oh, hi, man. <laughs> hi. Nice tell to meet us? you,
0: Damien. Nice to meet you, too. Won't you tell us about uh the forefront? The- sure.
1: Yeah, forefront is basically an evolution of software that that we've created over the years. Uh, started investing back in two thousand three, and uh, I came from a software development background, and so pretty quickly I realized that with with uh, generating leads, motivated seller leads, I needed some way to manage all of those because my notebook was not. Uh, keeping me very well organized, you know, with follow-up and stuff like that. So it got to the point where, you know, after I was generating, you know, more than than like five, six, seven leads per week, it was getting out of control, and I needed a way to do that. So it was it was fun to to create those first versions of the software that was solely for me. That was on my it was on my laptop. So I was like, I'm mobile. I could take this laptop around, you know. And if if it crashed, though, I'd lose everything. Right? <laughs> like I would lose all of my data. Because it was just, you know, that was back in 2003. There wasn't a whole lot of cloud-based stuff going on. Uh, fast forward, things started moving to the cloud. So uh, we we built a whole system and that was REI Mobile. We launched that one and that was good. And there was a learning experience getting that going. Had a lot of people that really loved that platform, but it was, it was uh, you know, the code got to be a lot to manage. And so what we did was we decided to rebuild from the ground up. And uh, anyway, long story short, we've evolved it to the point where we've got this platform that we've built for for major growth to to go for a really long time because we've learned so much over those years of what to do and what not to do, and really to find out what is really the the necessary components of of the software of the CRM system. Because you know what we got to realize was was it seems like everybody is just you know trying to compete based on the feature list. And, and it gets to be muddied as to what the heck the thing's even for anymore. You know, when we sat down to to, to redo the whole thing, you know, we looked at, well, what, what is this even for? Like, what is, you know, let's let's step away from looking what everybody else has and, and what we used to have in the old one and trying to just rebuild all that stuff. Is that really all necessary? Because the big complaint was the systems get too complicated and they get too customizable to where it just becomes a pain in the butt to even use them. and so what we 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 did was said let's be crazy let's strip out all the stuff and start from let's not make any assumptions about what people want right other than the main thing of managing leads and doing automations and stuff like that follow-up to save time right Right. let's just stick with that and come from a completely different angle and so we we did that and it allowed us to to innovate and create this visual approach to managing our leads because we were sitting down thinking well What is it that people don't like? And what do we like, don't like about the past systems that we've used and other people have used and like Podio, stuff like that. And it's really just that all the information seems to be sort of disjointed. Like there's pieces of it here in this page, pieces this page. And, you know, in Podio, if you use that, there's apps. You have to go to different apps to get different information. And it's all kind of lists. It's just list of, of prop and you have to figure out mentally what's where, what's going on. And you know most investors have a whiteboard in their office, or at least they used to, right? Like a whiteboard mm-hmm. where you just write with a, a you know, dry erase marker, You know this property, this lead came in, where's it at? And then you have like the deals we're currently working, what's under contract, what we're closing on. And, and it's a visual thing. You can look at your whiteboard and say, oh man, I know what I've got going on where, it's all here, yep. right? And so we said, why don't we build the system to be like that where it's like a whiteboard And if you've ever used Trello or Pipe Drive or anything like that, where you have these, I guess they call them Kanban boards, the the list, and you can drag and drop different cards across. We built it like that, so that you can just go in and you immediately, like a whiteboard, see these properties are new. We need to do something about contacting setting up appointments. Here's the ones that are their appointment set. So we need to make sure that we have all the comps run, the ARV, all that kind of stuff, so that we can show up to that property and really be able to make a great offer based on that. So yeah, that's uh that's pretty much what what forefront is and it's evolving quickly based on you know what the our customers want. You know, not based on trying to compete with everybody else and just build out a bigger feature list of stuff that people don't even use.
0: Exactly, because that's what it's for, right? To save you time and save you hassle so it's like too confusing that people are going to be like, "Ah, yeah, too many options. Like, yeah. That's why I like iPhones. <laughs> it's is <just> simple. <laughs> it's like, okay. I know that's what right. It is.
1: It's about simple. And that's one of our core values is simple. And and yeah. we've had to, you know, we get tempted sometimes. And our customers, the clients that we've had tell us, like, we're so glad that you hold to that, that you stay true to the simple part, that, that you guys keep it, keep it simple and don't get, get bogged down. Because the big complaint is, making the transition from a more manual or or spreadsheet approach to managing your leads and deals to a software system or a crm system the big complaint is i feel like i'm spending more time figuring this stupid thing out and setting it all up and answering questions from my team about how to use the thing and what we're supposed to do and fixing it when it breaks fixing the connections to other stuff that i'm like i feel like i'm doing more work than i was before mm-hmm it's supposed to help us it's supposed to be something my team just like can know how to use really quickly and it's actually saving us time so we're we're focused on running the business not running the software
0: right exactly exactly yeah you don't want to bog yourself down because everyone's super busy they got things to do they don't want to figure out like a new not easy to you know you want to keep it easy basically keep it simple keep it simple
1: keep it simple right
0: so so how i mean for a new for a new real estate investor a new real estate agent it works for both right you have a introductory plan i saw it's very affordable i mean
1: yeah yeah we have a one user plan and then the unlimited user plan which is the pro- professional Right, because we found that it's really annoying to have different tiers with number of users because then people feel like, oh, I'm trying to stay in this tier and I'm going to hire somebody and I don't want to have to pay so much more for that one extra user. Or a pricing model where you have to pay per user. And it, it kind of, it almost like it penalizes people with that want to grow a team. And we're all about helping people get to where they're doing more so that they can hire a team to take the load off of them. That's what we're all about. And, and so we just made it, if you're by yourself, you can get the starter plan for really cheap and then if you're, you know, if you got any team, it's unlimited members, it's you just kind of pay this one price which is also low compared to other systems and uh and then you can grow your team and not have to pay more.
0: Nice. Oh well, yeah. I I would definitely but, invest.
1: Yeah, and I you mean, you had asked about for, does it work for agents too? And we do have uh we have a uh, hybrid investors that do agent, you know, do listings and stuff as well. Right. And so the way we did that was you can create as many different sort of pipeline workflows as you want. And so, you know, that, that, that whiteboard, it's kind of like creating another whiteboard and having different columns. Mm-hmm. So you can do that. You can create another one and have that. And then any kind of listings, you can run through that. We call them a pipeline view. And you can just create a new one for that and then handle whatever you want to handle. Because um, you can customize all of that.
0: Sweet, sweet. So how many um, software companies do you own?
1: Well, it's just it's just the one. <laughs> the it's one just the one uh, company with the with the products, you know, we had lead propeller. And then we had the the older versions of the CRM uh, that we've, you know, transitioned everybody onto the new one. And, okay. and we've been using the new one. It's not even it's not really it's not beta. It's, you know, we're out of beta, because we've had hundreds of, of real estate investor teams in it for a long time for a, well over a year in the new system
0: nice man so so when you were building that i'm i'm sure it was it was a startup there was a bunch of things you had to go through you want to talk about how building a, a software company or having a startup and balancing that with your uh, real estate career how was that
1: yeah so that was pretty brutal um you know, there's there's the identity of of being the real estate investor and running Flipping Junkie, and doing all of that. And so even as we grew a team uh, to manage the flipping business, so that I could focus more on the software, I felt like I still was living in two worlds. You know, it's like the software plus that. And there was a lot of benefit to being involved in the real estate world, still in the investing world, because, you know, that's what. How we kind of discovered what and innovated what features we we wanted to put into the system and how how we wanted to operate because we were our own customers, so that was yeah. cool. Um, wow. That's good, but also very difficult to 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 balance those things and running a business. I think the software business taught me more about running an actual business than the real estate investing business did. Mm. You know, as far as running a business, right? Like running a true right. business because we you know we had to bring on more people and i grew the the software company up to 19 people and i didn't know what the wow. hell i was doing wow <laughs> i didn't know what the hell i was doing it was like you know trial by fire and and made a lot of mistakes uh, but then we've we've made it all the way through we've got an efficient small team now and yeah. it's just wonderful i've got people you know that that challenge me i challenge them and you know we're able to to have healthy conflict to, to be able to to stay where we're keeping things simple, you know, I've got I've got one guy, uh, Josh, on the team that I want to add all. I want to add a lot of stuff all the time. I'm like this would be so cool. We need to put this in here. and do this, and he's like, no, like we we've already said we need to do this stuff. We got to stick to doing that. I'm like, oh, but it'd be really cool, and and you know, he's he keeps me toned down to where we still focus on keeping the the roadmap that we've we plan on. But if you'd like, I'd like to talk about so for people listening, you know, some practical. Um, advice on on taking the company from uh, you know, from where it was just myself and my my ex-wife at the time running the business because we did that where it was just us for I think maybe eight or nine years of the, of the business before we even brought in anybody to help us. Mm-hmm. And you know, what was truly eye-opening was at one point I'd written a book called Flipping Houses Exposed and that in that book, I documented forty, what was it forty-three weeks? I think in my real estate investing business, and I, I did every. I said I, I documented every single call that I got. Hmm. So in that book, it was like every week. I said I got all these calls. This is why this person was selling. This is how much they were asking, and this is what I figured out I could pay for it. And then if I went and looked at it, I said this is how many repairs it needed. All this stuff and just wanted to show people. And then every week also what marketing I was doing and what it was costing me to do the marketing. So I could break down and show them, I got, you know, 10 leads this week from my website, 10, like five leads from my, um, you know, bandit signs and from this letter campaign. And what that really helped people see was there was, I generated 495 motivated seller leads in those 43 weeks. I got documented like almost 500 leads. You know, and, and, and what people said was, wow, that showed me And cause I, there's people now that are like multi, you know, like hundreds of deals a year that, that got started from that book saying that that helped them see that, you know, going through 10 leads and not getting a deal doesn't mean it doesn't work where they are. Right. It just means they need more leads, right? They need to, to do more. They just need to generate more leads. It's a numbers game. And that right. showed hard, hard facts like this, this is a numbers game.
0: Yeah, play the percentages. Um, but the problem, go ahead. I'll uh, say so play the percentages. You get more in, you're going to get more sales, right? Or more deals. Right.
1: So I was, I was like, you know, hearing that from people. I was like, oh, this is cool. It's helping all these people. And, you know, kind of a sort of a, also a bragging thing, right? Like, you know, 495 leads and, you know, all these people want to sell their house. And, but I only generate, I think it was 11 deals. It may have been 13 over time, but there was like 11 deals that I did when I documented all that, Mm -hmm. which isn't horrible, but it kind of is (laughs) kind Mm -hmm. of, that's, I think that's like what, one out of every 50, almost like a little bit less than 50 leads. And this is where it's, this is not like just, I saw a house for sale. This is the, somebody who was contacting me saying that they wanted to sell, you know, not all of those people are motivated, but they were looking for an offer and I only turned, I think that's, I worked it out. I think it was like 2.2% conversion rate. Right, Of a Qualified lead into a deal, which is atrocious. It's like, it's really bad. And I didn't realize the, the, the truth of how bad that was for several years. Right. Um, but whenever I did realize it, I was like, oh, wait a minute, this whole thing about killing myself to generate a bunch of leads.
0: Yes
1: is not necessary. I'm spending so much money, so much time. And the problem is not in the lead generation. Yes. Right. You got to get a certain amount, but you got to start looking at what's happening with, are you being able to answer those calls live right away? Mm -hmm. That's number one, right? And if you're not doing that, then that's already a big hole. That's already a leak in your bucket.
0: Yeah. Incoming calls golden right there.
1: Yeah. And then there's more steps, right? What happens? Like, how do you handle that call? Um, are you building rapport on the call? Are you taking the time to, to really, you know, find out more about what that seller is going through? You know, because it, a lot of times it's not just about hey, I want to sell and give me the most I can get. They want to, they kind of a lot of times they want to just talk to somebody, right? They just want to, they're embarrassed about it and they, you know, like well, you can help me. I want to be helped out of this situation.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it's not about I just want to make a bunch of money. It's about I want to be helped out of a situation. So if you have the time to. To talk with them and really build that rapport and get to get to know what they're really looking for, you have a much better chance of, of getting that deal. The other side of it is I was also at a point then where there would be times where I would take a call and I'm on my way somewhere or something because I'm still doing everything, right? I'm I'm having to do all the marketing, I'm taking the calls, going to appointments and uh, I would take a call from a seller and I would get off the phone and and my wife at the time would say, You were kind of rude. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, you know, you're right. I was just irritated I had to even take the call. Yeah. And so at a certain point, you had to realize, hey, this isn't so smart for, for us to be doing everything ourselves. Yeah. Right. I can only do so much. And you kind of get tired of it. Like you kind of get to where you feel like you're working more than you used to work before you, you know, went off and started your own business. You know, it's like, well, this isn't I'm not happy anymore with this right and so this whole thing had to be learned about how do we correct that how do we go because I was I didn't know what the hell to do I didn't know like how the hell do I hire somebody how how do I you know are we making enough in the business to be able to support somebody and keep and, and I think the bigger fear was I didn't want to take on the responsibility of having somebody else on the team because then it required you know this this idea that we got to keep we have to grow bigger and we have to do more to, to bring help on. Mm. And it was like this scary kind of thing. I'm responsible for them and their family that they're trying to support by working for us. Right. And it was a, a scary, scary thing.
0: Yeah. Step forward. And yeah. You're basically helping another person to improve. You got to train them all that. Yeah. But it's necessary. I mean, to grow, you can't, no man is an island, right? You can't do everything yourself. Right. Yeah, it took way too
1: long to learn that. <laughs> to, yeah, to get over that fear and just like make some mistakes and try to hire somebody, and uh, you know, and and I, I think the biggest thing regarding the hiring of people is to making sure, and and this is still something that I struggled with for for years was setting them up for success and not failure. And what I mean by that is. Um, you know, not hiring somebody and then thinking, well, I'm going to bring help on a VA or whatever, and then figure out what I'm going to have them do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. It's not smart at all. Right. And it's tempting. It sounds kind of ridiculous, but I don't know how many people I've talked to that have done that. I'm going to bring on some help. I'm going to get even my mom or somebody else to help and then figure out what I want them to help me with. Right. And in a lot of us, we're walking around with all of our processes and all the stuff that we do in our head. We right. don't have that. And so it's like, I'm gonna hire them. I'm going to have them come. I'm gonna have them shadow me. We'll just right. follow me around day to day. And I'm going to show you how to do this. Right. It's just freaking stupid. It's, re- it's not, <laughs> it's not helpful. It doesn't work. And then they don't really know what they're supposed to do. It's just right. a mess. And right. so it was, it was getting to the point. I think I read a book called work, the system. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a really good book because the guy had a call center or something and he he nearly died he got so sick because he was running himself to death trying to run all this stuff and he realized that the big problem was that he, he was needed everybody had to ask him stuff and he had to answer so many questions figure so many things out day to day that everything relied on him if he was out for a little bit the whole thing would collapse
0: mm-hmm.
1: and okay. he he realized that he had to document everything he had to document all the systems he had to get some order and structure and a real business in place. And it's kind of like going from the hobby over to a true legitimate business. And you, that has to happen before you bring on help.
0: Yep.
1: You know, which which doesn't seem like you think you bring on help and then build those things, but you really need to build those things before you bring on help.
0: Yeah, because yeah. you gotta have, have the scripts, the patterns, the the system, what do they do next? when? After you get the lead, what do you do? Yeah, you got, uh, it's a lot to train somebody. But when you train somebody, that means you really know it. Like once you can teach someone something, it's like, okay. And you
1: know what the best feeling in the world is, is, is to be able to bring somebody on. They start and you say, here's the binder or here's the drive folder with all the stuff in it. This is how you do everything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and then it's like, okay, well, cool. And then maybe shadow for a day and just see, just see how to find the stuff that you need to do the things that you're gonna do. Yep. But then documenting it, and um, you know, creating creating videos for stuff that that uh, you know is a little bit more detailed on button clicks and stuff and software that you need to do. But then then creating written step by step documents. And the reason why I like the written documents. Uh, for processes is because it's, it's easier to change. If you record a video, don't ever record a video that's more than like two or three minutes for right. a process because if something changes, you got to do the whole thing over again. Right. Right. One so do little pieces.
0: thing changes, yeah. <laughs> record so a whole doing video.
1: The, what I prefer because then the, uh, our team is able to, to to make changes to the process because processes change over time, they evolve. And you want your team empowered to be able to suggest changes at least to to that process when they find it's not as efficient as it could be. And that's a huge benefit there. Even if you're still by yourself in this business, creating your written processes. And then when you find something's not efficient, you can change it. And the cool thing about that is sometimes some of these processes you don't do all the time. And so nothing to me was more annoying than, than coming across a situation that I hadn't dealt with for a long time and thinking, oh, crap, I forgot how I handled this last time. And now I have to go research it all again and figure out what I'm supposed to do because I don't remember. And it's like, had I documented that, I don't, I would save so much time and, and stress and frustration because it's all, it was all documented. So you get in the habit of doing that. But my team showed me a really cool uh, tool called Tetra. Mm-hmm. So T-E-T-T-R-A.com and you can get a free account. And that's what we've been using for our processes. And I like it because it's easy to find processes but then the team can also make suggestions and then you get notified and then you can you can say, Yeah, go ahead and update it, you know, and, and you can collaborate through it to make sure that everything is is up to date. Okay.
0: Tetra.com. Okay.
1: Yeah, Tetra, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so yeah, go ahead.
0: So it's better to know what to do with your leads than to have like a mountain of leads that, okay, you got these leads, but Man, like you you just don't follow up or you lose the papers written on so yeah the crm is is almost essential right now in this day and age yeah, it is because
1: most most uh deals that are are uh, you know put under contract are not done at the first appointment and' making the offer you know it's it's done through follow-up yeah yeah you know people's motivated sellers are asking themselves is this the best I can get? Might I get something else better somewhere else? I like this person, but I'm kind of concerned like maybe I, you know, what if I can get more? And and maybe they're not motivated enough to go ahead and accept that offer right now. And follow-up isn't about, I think I hear people talk about sales touches or whatever the whole sta- sales stats right. where somebody doesn't buy from you until they've like seen you seven times or something. Right. But I don't think that that's the reason why people like follow-up works motivated so it's not because they saw you seven times that you've followed up seven times and then they're like okay it's seven times I right. give up I'm gonna sell to you it's more of you're staying top of mind yeah. with them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so whenever life happens and time creates more motivation then they're at a higher level of motivation and then who comes to mind first it's the person that kept up in contact with me everybody else that went by the wayside I don't remember and I don't feel like looking for people again and having them come by. This guy really wants to buy my house and uh, he's professional because he's keeping up with me yep. and uh, and I'm going to sell to him yep. or her, you know, same.
0: Yeah, gotta stay top of mind for sure. There's, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. Um, no follow-up, no sale, right? There's, you got to right. follow up.
1: Yeah, and the cool thing about the way we we built forefront is, you know, being consistent with follow-up when you don't have a system, you can do it, but I think it, it gets to be where stuff ball, the ball gets dropped, you know, leads slip through the cracks, you forget about them, you don't follow up, or your team stops and you don't realize that they're not following up like they're supposed to be. So in, in the system, you have the pipeline view where you can see where everything is at. But as soon as something goes into automated follow-up, it it goes off of the board into the background and then automated follow-up just keeps following up with them based on steps that you put and if they respond to one of those then it comes back into view so it's like you're only working what you're actively working you know that way you're not overwhelmed seeing i've got because you know you you have you get to a point where you got 200 plus leads being worked follow-up in the background you don't want those cluttering up all the stuff that you're working right now Right, So it goes into the background. If somebody responds, like your te- automated text goes out that says, hey, just checking in with you, uh, letting you know we're still interested in the property if you're, if you're, if you're deciding to sell now or something. Yeah. And then if they respond, it's like, boom, it comes back in. It's like, oh, okay, they responded, yeah. Oh, now they're interested in talking again. And wow. so I'm, they're active again. And so it comes out of that follow-up. So it's pretty cool to, in a visual way, to have that run in the background so it's just happening and you're not bogged down with the the you know feeling of having to juggle all of it, right? You let the the software do that.
0: Man, that's essential. i'm I'm gonna get you a two week trial. You have a two week trial, right? yeah, I'm gonna get that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a fourteen day yeah
0: well i'm gonna I'm gonna try it later. Um, so yeah, that's like you know uh man, the salesforce the Salesforce CRM just blew up. It's ridiculous. They have a huge building in downtown San Francisco. It's like this billion dollar company. So, you know, CRMs are for sales. You need it. You you can't hold all that information in your head or in a notebook and just flip through. So much easier to have it just automatically hey, we texted the guy, he texts back. Like, yeah. Right. It's essentially.
1: uh, the the system, like having it built specifically for real estate investors and and for you know real estate people, is that you know getting in and having it set up is something that's you know you're not having to to learn all the jargon and figure out how it makes sense to put into our business, right? right. Because with a, a general system like Salesforce or you know Podio or something, you you have to you have to figure out how to make that work for what you're trying to do, right. and so this just solves that because. I don't know about you, but whenever I sign up for software, like I, I don't want to go learn a bunch of stuff. I just want to get in and, and figure it out.
0: Yeah. Easy. Right? I don't
1: want to have to go and spend two, three days figuring stuff out. I just, it should be pretty easy for me to figure out what I'm supposed to do. and yeah. make that work.
0: And seamless and just so simple. Yeah, like I've changed banks just because their app was not fun to work with like stuff like that. Yeah keep it simple man mm-hmm. so but also you I, I saw one of your videos talking about being creative you can't just make everything cookie cutter and make everything like when you're when you're working in this business you want to have fun you you know like that's what we're working for like financial freedom and stuff but the goal the goal is not always the end right like Getting there is half it should be half the fun or most of the fun, right? Yeah. Like, well, and then
1: that's how you create more success and and have more fulfillment in it, right? And I think in one of those episodes, I shared my my house flipping mentor, the guy that that helped me in in the beginning with getting into the business and really getting going. Um, I had had lunch with him a couple of years ago, and we had sat down and we he, he was. We were talking about something, and for some reason, this part of the conversation came up where the founder of of um, of Homevestors had approached him about creating a, a franchise, the first franchise in San Antonio mm-hmm. from Homevestors when they were first starting to franchise. Right. And he said, you know, he gave him all the, the 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 documents and the processes and just all the like McDonald's kind of stuff over to him with the numbers and all that kind of stuff, and. And my mentor said he looked at it and then pretty quickly just pushed it back over. and was like, I'm not interested. Yeah. The guy goes, well, why? He says, like, where's all the creativity in that? If I'm just going to paint by numbers in your system, like, where's the fun in that? Like, what am I doing? I'm not, you know, I don't, I, you know, so there's a part there that there is a creative part that I think that we all want to experience in. You know if it's all figured out for you great maybe you won't make some mistakes but you're also not going to learn some things that you might learn by making those mistakes like sometimes we just have to make mistakes because that helps us find some other way that's not as known you know what i mean that that are, is our own path that fits us better than somebody else maybe
0: right and then make you stronger like mis- mistakes are is a step up every time you fail or mistake it's not really a fail it's a it's a learning experience that's what i think about it you know
1: as long as it doesn't kill you right yeah Yeah, most of those mistakes aren't gonna kill us (laughs) right
0: Right? unless your house is like on fire or something no (laughs) mistake yeah cooking mistakes might but real estate mistakes no
1: yeah, the one yeah. that comes to mind for me that's kind of scary is I hear stories about sometimes when people are doing foundation work
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: house, it's on like, jacks or something, and it lifting it up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it falls falls on them. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, scary stuff. Damn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, can, all that stuff, I'm glad to be out of that. I used to do like plumbing and, and little handyman stuff and get up on roofs and, you know, put pipes uh, down the side of the house, holding on, like, yeah, that stuff. It, it's fun. It's fun, but yeah, much rather be selling the house than refurbishing it. So, what's your favorite? So, what's your favorite uh, way to flip a house? Wholesaling or like rehabbing? And uh, so, what do you like better? Just wholesale it quick straight away or or you know like... oh, for sure yeah
1: wholesale hands down I mean in the market that we're in right now that's just it's just the way to go most of the time yeah um because I'm I'm making almost as much maybe sometimes even more than what I would make if I fixed it up and then sold it right you know, with and all that's... the cost and selling it and everything and um yeah it's just a no-brainer I mean, I've got, because of COVID, you know, I ha- even had issues with the property I've been rehabbing for months now. And it's just like, right. man, if I had sold it, you know, as is, you know, I could have made so much and then not even had all this hassle still. But, but I like that house. It's a historic house. It's kind of cool. It just a little bit more work than I want, but uh, yeah, hands down wholesale.
0: Right. Right. Clean, quick, boom, boom. It's done. Check. Bam. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. So <laughs> let's
1: see. And I like design stuff, but you know, not, maybe I don't, maybe I don't like design stuff. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of exciting at first to be like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, put this in this here. But then the contractor calls me, he's like, Hey, what do you want to use for this? I'm like, Oh man, I got to go figure that out. But uh, yeah, it's, we use most of the same stuff throughout the houses, but uh using trying to do different a little bit different right because it seems like everybody lately it's all gray and white right right you know and just like man it's got to be a little bit different because you know just gonna end up looking like everything else
0: yeah yeah hey, my house is gray and white right now <laughs>
1: well it's what everybody's
0: doing it's just, <laughs>
1: it is it is but if you could do something unexpected that's not too far
0: off you it's know? safe it's safe yeah in the light blue or something. Key green you know with that um so let's see let's um we've been going for like 30 minutes i'd like to see if you want to talk about anything else real quick or um i want to do the um the word association game with you anything else you want to bring up while we're here
1: yeah i think just a continuation of what we talked about before of importance of follow-up yep. um, even for for new investors I think it's critical because when you're not generating that many leads you know that focus of conversion rate of, of leads to deals is even more important because you're not generating as many leads so you need to make sure that everything that you do to, to turn one of those leads into a deal is is there right? right like that you're that you're doing all of that because that that conversion rate makes even is more critical for you because you're spending money in marketing. If you don't do a deal, that money, it's like you threw that money away. You threw those thousands and thousands of dollars into a black hole that you're never going to see again. And so you got to have a deal because it's what scares a lot of people out of the business, right? They put money into marketing or they do that. They put that money in and they don't get a return. And they're like, oh man, oh, and you start freaking out. And, and it happens a lot. And especially even if you're feasting famine, right? Like you're doing a lot of marketing, you get some deals. You stop doing marketing because you're working the deals. And then when you have to, you sell those and then you go back into marketing. Sometimes it's a dry spell for a while. You get some leads, but there's this like delay period. And that whole start and stop, feast and famine, marketing, and then working on the deals and then going back to marketing, that creates a lot of stress in the business because it's not so predictable, yeah. right? You start worrying, am I going to be able to get deals again? And then you hesitate to bring on a team and all that kind of stuff. But having a focus, focus on the conversion rate. And actually that's our that's our main guide on our software. We're trying to help everybody that that gets forefront, the clients, what we're trying to do is help them do more average deals per month. Yep. Right? That's the number one thing. So when we go to add a feature, we're like, does this help them get more deals per month, or is it just some other bullcrap thing? Yep. You know, and, and if it's if it's something else that's just nice and people I think it's a great thing to be able to order leads through the system. Well, it doesn't help them get more deals though, unless they're quality, you know, they can get a list from list source. They don't need to get it through our system. We're just going to focus on the stuff that helps them do that. And so the follow-up is a big part of that and the way we have all that set up. And I wanted to share, because people hear that, right? That, well, it, the money's in the follow-up, but then why do so few investors actually do it and do it consistently? It's a good question because it, you know, even serious investors that are doing a lot of deals sometimes aren't doing it. It's insane. And we actually ask because every two weeks we have a call, a Zoom call with our, our clients and the people in forefront. And we talk to them, we show them what we're doing, what's coming up next, all that kind of stuff. And then we have QA and we just talk, right? And all these investors, you know, looking to, to improve how many deals they're doing. And we asked one time, we said, how many of you guys are doing, using the automated follow-up? And it was only about half of them. Hmm. And so the half that said they weren't, you know, were, we're saying, well, we don't. And we wanted to ask why, but the other half was saying, what the heck are you guys doing? We're getting so many deals for doing follow-up. And why are you guys not doing that? And so we had, you know had had them come on and say why they weren't using it. And, you know, the, I think the consensus was basically, they were worried that, Automated follow-up messages are, are salesy and pushy. Yeah. You know, that they're going to like do more harm than good, that they're going to turn the seller off. Mm. And so we had to, to address that And the people that were saying, well, that's not the case at all. That's not, that's not what you do. And you, you can create them so that you're not just every day texting them. You don't want to do that. Right. And you just make it short and sweet. But the, the way To do that is just do that, right? I guess it's, you don't know what wording to use because you feel like it's gonna be salesy and pushy. And it's really just being conversational about like what I said before, messages like, hey, just letting you know we're still interested. Or, hey, we need to buy another house this month to keep on quota for the deals that we're doing. And just wondering, I'm gonna check back with you to see if you're interested in moving forward. I mean, that's not pushy, that's not salesy. That's just saying, hey, you know, we're here to remind you that we wanna buy the house. And uh, one of the people, uh, Kelly, had said that she had an issue with her acquisitions people. She was okay with setting up the automated messages, but her acquisitions person was like, no, that's salesy, pushy. No, don't do that. And so what she did was she said, well, how about you come up with the messages then?
0: Because
1: you're worried that these messages we're going to use are a little bit pushy. So why don't you just do the wording?" And I love that idea because they were the person that went and met with the seller anyway yeah and, and got to talk with them so if it's on their own voice their own wording
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the follow up messages it's also more cohesive right that seller's like oh yeah i can see the personality in these texts of the person that we met with
0: yeah because it is in the end it's a person to person conversation that you're having really yeah so, it's
1: huge yeah when you're direct working directly with sellers i mean that's that's everything it's really a, a people business you're not you know, an investor that goes through, and I'm saying this because I did it for a time when I got, you know, frustrated and stressed and, you know, it's like, I got to go to this point and then I got to rush over and go, so this appointment, if you are, or you get to a point where you're going into the house and you're looking at everything, you don't say very much to the seller, and then you just work through your stuff and say, hey, I can give you this much. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not going to work most of the time. You're going to lower that conversion rate of lead to deal by doing that. Yeah. You know, the, the best, the absolute best thing, because we, we even got to the point where we're booking like two hours for an appointment, right. because if you have to have the time and, and to go in knowing I'm probably, I'm going to find a spot that's comfortable and sit down with the seller
0: because
1: yeah. your competition, most of them, I can guarantee are not doing that. Yeah. They're not sitting down. They're, they're going to stay standing up and be ready to just make the offer and go. Yeah. So if you sit on the couch, you sit in the dining room, you sit down. Oh, I just even just doing that, even if you don't say much, yeah. is just a, you know sort of a game changer. So.
0: Yeah, that's what my the, when I was doing sales, my boss would always tell me, "You're selling yourself." Like, so I worked at a gym, and we would do uh, tours of the gym. He's like, "Don't even don't even talk about the gym. Like, talk about the person, what they want, what are their goals, what are they." You know, where do they live? Where's, how's their family, you know? You, if you wanna really get uh, s- someone to do business with you, you gotta know them. You got Like I won't just go do business with somebody I don't know. Like, I'd rather at least know who you are before I start giving you money, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. He, yeah, man so let's see
1: i'm nervous about this part (laughs)
0: all right you ready all right don't worry it's not anything crazy i won't do you like the last guy no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um all right so word association game with danny let's see the first word is startups startups uh
1: measure Measure, nice. Measure, and I'll, to explain that a little bit is, uh, you know, what what the the saying is. What's it can't be measured? It can't be managed if it's not measured.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And a startup is critical because a startup is a startup because it's it's trying to get going. It's trying to get traction. And if you don't have a clear direction of where you're headed, what and based on numbers of some sort of numbers, and then how you're going to back. And reverse engineer that from where you are and where you need to be and then measure to know how well you're doing you're gonna end up going one direction then switching to go in another direction getting pulled into another direction and getting lost and so yeah measure
0: okay nice nice and it's kind of piggybacks onto that one because i i noticed you're doing this and uh i think it's a great great idea a lot of people Forget about this one. Uh, Multiple streams of income.
1: Multiple streams of income.
0: That's more than one word, but
1: (laughs) Uh, what's what comes to mind here? Caution. Ooh. Yeah, caution and not not getting you know, spread too thin. Right. Cause the temptation can be to, to run after a shiny object and go into another direction you know be, before you've really mastered one nice and i think that focus on one thing getting it really rock solid so that you have the time to do something else because otherwise the ball's gonna get dropped on one of those yep and uh you make mistakes
0: yep juggling too many balls drop one all right uh next one the hot, the hot button right now. Bubble.
1: Bubble. <laughs> bubble. I'm, I'm going to say
0: adjust. Adjust. Yeah, and,
1: and I went through the bubble in, in 2006, 7, 8, crash, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and this time around, you know, at first, you know, a year ago or two years ago, people were starting to say, should I start, should I stop doing this? Should I start doing that? And look at what's happened over that time, Like, If you bowed out, you kind of missed out on a lot, right? Because appreciation, all kinds of stuff. And um, And so it's really keeping an eye on it, but don't change too soon. Just kind of be prepared I don't think it's going to happen overnight if, if something happens, you know, it's going to take some time.
0: Right.
1: And, and so just, uh, you know, maybe don't take on super long rehabs in, in areas that, that are super high appreciating right now where it gets, it gets ridiculous, right. um, stuff like that, but just adjust.
0: Yeah. Work through it. And at the very least, you're going to learn a lot how to deal with the next one, you know, keep, keep your nose in there in the game
1: yeah and if you're wholesaling i mean you don't <laughs> you yeah. know, you're not taking on a whole lot of risk
0: yeah smart way to get through it right there yeah all right let's see let's do one or two more Um, uh, let's see <clears throat> uh, another two word one. Uh, self-improvement hmm Always. Always, good one, man. Hell yeah. Always read. Times. Always work on yourself, right? Yeah, because
1: yeah, I I say that I was always working on self improvement, but I think that there were periods where I did a lot of self improvement, and then maybe four or five years where I just got busy, and and uh, yeah, I wish I hadn't. I wish I had kept working on that.
0: Yeah. You know, because it's always
1: it's gonna always be. It's never. It's not a destination, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. The process. Yeah, like you're going. You're going through life, and you can't just forget about the the present because your eyes are always on the future. And like you gotta, you gotta fill your time and make sure you're you're uh, keeping busy with self improvement, man. Gotta always get better. I like that. Always very good. Very good. Um. Let's see. So we we'll do one more. I had a special one for you. Um, oh, your company vision. Uh, enjoy life. That's the last so, one. So I got to give a word for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Um. Curiosity. Ooh, nice, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah, cuz when yeah, when when you think you got it all figured out, it's no fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Man. Yeah, Danny, you aced it, man. You aced that nice. one. Nice job, hey. <laughs> Thank you. Nice talking to you, Danny, man. Um everyone check out Danny's uh website. It is flippingjunkie.com. It's really good. I checked it out. Um, His podcast is awesome. The Flipping Junkie podcast. 200 episodes. Very informative. Wow. A lot of information there. And uh, the Forefront CRM.
1: Yep, ForefrontCRM.com. And I, I did put together a No Lead Left Behind framework, which is kind of like a guide to the funnel and taking a lead that you have come in and what you can do to make sure that you, as much as you can to make sure that that becomes a deal. Yeah. And so people can download it for free if they want. I could give the link out to that.
0: Yeah, go ahead. All
1: right, so it's forefrontcrm.com slash no lead left behind. Nice. So forefrontcrm.com slash no lead left behind. You can get that just for free.
0: Yep. It's cool, man, I love that you have all this free content you're, you're working hard, but you still find, find time to just drop knowledge on people and, and help out. So cool, man.
1: Well, that's, that's the, for the, for the company, that's the, you know, enjoy life, helping real estate investors get to the point where they can enjoy the business, uh, by, by increasing the number of deals that they're doing. So the stuff that we like to know lead left behind framework, that's, you know, that's a part of that vision. It's not, It's not just to say hey buy our software it's what are we trying to accomplish with it what's the purpose what's the purpose of all of this and so if we can do that and then provide ways for people to do that you know even if they get the software or not you know we're we're working that mission so
0: nice nice cool awesome danny nice to meet you and uh hope to talk to you again in the future man
1: yeah keep in touch
0: all right we will do coming (laughs) (laughs) You see that